We're going to be looking at a, a little later passage than what we've been looking at with uh, the Lord's Prayer, but it's pertaining to that which He had just taught in the prayer. We're going to pick up with verse 25 that begins with a therefore, so you, you look back and what had He just been talking about? This was in the, the Sermon on the Mount, so uh, He had taught about uh, prayer. He had taught about God's provision. He continues, Matthew 6, 25, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they... They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's bow together. Lord, today will you Teach us not just about prayer, but about yourself. Will you reveal yourself to us? That is our greatest need. And so, Lord, will you open our hearts and our minds, our very souls to you, We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are in the fifth of the series on the Lord's Prayer. If you're visiting with us, uh, you can work your way back through the various petitions and and see what we've covered. And we we started with... uh, a message of, uh, about why aren't my prayers answered, just looking in general as a, a backdrop to this. We have used the, the passage in Matthew, and we have also used the passage in Luke, where uh, one of, here in Matthew, it's, it's a Sermon on the Mount, and over in uh, Luke, one of his disciples had just said, 
Lord, you teach us to pray. And these are two, these aren't parallel passages, they're two different instances. Sometimes we think if we see kind of the same thing that they must have uh, happened, you know, parallel, and now Luke's recording that which, which uh, happened. So what we see with that is that when Jesus teaches about prayer, this is the pattern that he is giving for us. And I have no doubt that he probably taught it many times that weren't recorded when people ask about prayer. So far we've looked at the the first half of the prayer, the fatherhood of God. We uh, looked at his holiness, his kingdom, his will. And now, only after all of that, does Jesus say, do we begin to ask for ourselves? Now think about that. Do a little self-analysis. How many times do we pray when the first thing out of our mouth is, Lord, give me whatever. Now, he wants to hear that because we're his children. He cares about us. He loves us. He takes care of us. But in Jesus' pattern prayer, we see that it begins with acknowledging who he is as the Father, his attributes, certainly his holiness, the desire for his kingdom to come, as we spoke about last week, and and talking about his kingdom to come in the big picture of things, but also in my heart, in my life, in my family. And then he goes on to begin to talk about what do we ask for. So let's look at this turning point in the prayer. And the first thing we've got to grasp from this is that God is the provider when we when we are praying for daily bread we are acknowledging that God is absolutely the provider Martin Luther and here that right after Reformation Day you know yesterday when everybody trick-or-treats for Reformation Day so we've got to quote Martin Luther on this But I like what he says in his large catechism. He said this, give us this day our, pertaining to give us this day our daily bread. Here now we consider the the poor bread basket, the necessities of our body and of the temporal life. Therefore, you must open wide and extend your thoughts not only to the oven or the flour bin, but also to the distant field and the entire land which bears and brings to us daily bread and every sort of nourishment. For if God did not cause food to grow and He did not bless and preserve it in the field, we could never take bread from the oven or have any to set upon the table. See what he's saying? This is a lot bigger than 
than, uh, you know, going to the grocery store. Luther wasn't talking about the grocery store, but, and, and picking the bread down and saying, thank you that you gave me that bread. What, what all is behind that in terms of God's provision for us? It's elaborate. It's huge. It's not small. And so when we pray, give us today our daily bread, we are admitting that God is the provider. We need to not forget that. But here's what we need to understand about that. And that is, he has to be the provider. Why is that? Why is it that that God has to be the provider? Well, you go all the way back to Genesis. In Genesis chapter 3, we see that sin has robbed us. In Genesis 3 verse 17, And this is after sin had come into the world. And to Adam he said, God said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. So here's the point. Because sin came into the world, man's not going to be his own provider. Anything that takes place, anything good that we receive has to come from God Himself as the provider. Jeremiah 5 Verse 25 says, Your iniquities have turned these away. Your sins have kept good from you. So we are deluding our, ourselves if we, if we feel like that in, in some way we are the provider. We are the ones to take credit as opposed to God who we ask for our daily bread. Now he reminded his people of that. If you go just one book further, we're not going to go through every book of the Bible. We could pertaining to the daily bread, but, but just, just go one book further into uh, Exodus 16 where we see God reminding His people that He's the only source of outward blessing in this life. There's grumbling, there's, you know, and uh, in terms of provision for His people. And then the Lord says to Moses, verse 4 of Exodus 16, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people will go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Now, did you catch the phrase, what he said? I'm going to give them a portion every day. Now, here's what, if you read the entire passage, here's what it says. Well, you are, you're to go out and every day gather up. This manna is going to fall. And by the way, the, the manna, the description of it is it was, 
It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. I figure that's graham cracker, you know, kind of stuff. So, <laughs> 40 years worth of graham crackers, basically. <laughs> so he said, you, you go out and you gather up, get all you can eat for the day. And so they were able to gather for their family. He said, but just get it for that one day. Now, naturally, what would happen is there would be some that would say, well, I'm just going to get a little extra and keep it. I don't know, for a snack or, you know. I can see myself thinking that way, actually. So... There were some that did, but what happened was that it got rotten and smelled bad. They couldn't, couldn't eat it. So they, they quickly learned, okay, you, you just get enough for that day. And nobody was going hungry. And with the exception, there's, there's one, one day that you gather for, for two days, and that is right before the Sabbath so that on the Sabbath they didn't have to go out and gather and uh, food for themselves. And miraculously, that food didn't rot and smell bad. They were able to eat it for two days. God was the provider. And he showed them how it works that I am providing for you every single day but he gave them 40 years to learn that lesson until the day they entered the promised land. And so we pray, give us this day our daily bread. Some would translate, give us day by day our daily bread. So in terms of provision, we need to understand, and this is from the passage that I read to you earlier, he, God, knows how much I need. And that's a part of trusting him to give us our daily bread. And by the way, I probably don't know how much I need. I think many of us would tend to overestimate in terms of how much I really need. So in the passage that I, I read to you earlier, uh, he talks about how God provides for all these, uh, these in the world. Therefore, in verse 34, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So if we're anxious about tomorrow, the answer is we need to ask Him for our daily bread and believe that he's the provider of our daily bread. Now, as I said, I, I have this theory that I think we tend to overestimate how much we, we need. So how do we deal with that? How do we know what our, our, our daily bread is? I love in Proverbs chapter 30 what the writer says. It's, just, it's a great prayer. Proverbs 30, verse 8. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. 
Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who's the Lord? You get what he's saying there? If I get too much, I I might start to think that I'm the provider. If I get too much, I might, I'm afraid I'll forget about you. And, And so, we need to understand that in the Lord's Prayer, asking for our daily bread, that's not just for poor folks. That's for those who have as well. And sometimes more challenging for them. So he prays, that's the balance. Lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So this writer knows his own propensity. And what he's saying is, I'm going to trust you to give me the right amount and not too much so that I forget about you, but not too little so that I might feel like going and stealing and becoming my own provider. So let's talk application for a while. The first thing I think we need to understand with this prayer and asking for our daily bread is thinking in terms of contentment with whatever that daily bread amount is. Listen to the Apostle Paul. Philippians 4, verse 11. Not that I'm speaking of being in need. This is Paul. For I've learned in whatever situation I I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Now, I want you to notice that that Paul never says he's never been hungry. In fact, he says, I have faced that. And I, I guarantee that Paul used the Lord's Prayer as a pattern. So that means he prayed for his daily bread. And yet some days he was hungry. So where's this contentment come? Why could he say, I've learned to be content? Because he also understood what he says in verse 19 of Philippians 4. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So Paul's convinced that God knows my needs. God has plenty. And he's not going to give out of his riches. He's going to give according to his riches which are infinite. And so Paul was able to be content saying, if I don't have this or that, it's because God doesn't think I need it. And so I'm learning to be content. He said over in 1 Timothy 6, verse 6, 
Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world. We cannot take anything out of the world. When I, when I read that, I thought of that old saying, there's no U-Hauls on the back of the hearse, right? You, you don't take anything. The, you know, the, the pharaohs figured that out. Maybe they didn't figure it out because they were buried with all of their riches and so on. And those were discovered later and all stolen. They didn't take anything out of the world, and we don't. So that's where the contentment needs to be. If we have food and clothing, verse 8, with these we'll be content. Second application. In, in your mind, do you really utterly depend upon your Father who is in heaven for your daily bread? Now, I'm going to give you some diagnostic questions to determine, maybe help determine, whether you really do depend upon Him. Before this message, if asked, who provides for your family, what would be your first answer? Okay, yeah, I do. Or God does by giving me the ability to work by providing so on. Who provides for your family? Second diagnostic question, whether you utterly depend upon Him for your daily bread. Do you worry about your retirement funds? Okay. And by the way, it's only in the Western church that we would even ask that question, right? Others in other parts of the world, they they don't think in those terms. They're thinking about their daily bread. Now, I'm, I am trying to be responsible and prepare for a time when those funds might be needed. But I rarely think about it, and um, I have a hard time worrying about it. Let me tell you why, though. Edith Schaefer, uh, Francis Schaefer's wife, wrote about um, when, you're, when you're going down a road and you don't know exactly where you are. Okay, kids, this is like before GPSs when the British lady tells you, you know, to turn around or is recalculating. Mine's British because the American lady was too sassy, so I put a British lady on there. So, forget about the way things are now, but there was a time where you'd go down the road, and how do you know, you know, you might wonder where you are because you you don't see any signs. And Edith Schaefer said what you do is you look back at the signposts on the other side of the road of where you've just been. And then you can tell where you are. And her point was this. 
when we're walking by faith and we don't know really where we are or what's coming next, the thing to do is to look back and see what's taken place before, and that can, that can help you be confident to go forward. So back to retirement stuff. Most of our life, most of my ministry, we've lived paycheck to paycheck. Uh, I have never sev- said, nor have I believed that I was underpaid. I never told the church that. I never asked for more money. Um, and that was even when we, uh, we were told at one point when we had this hospital bill for one of our children, uh, oh, because of your income, you're eligible for a government grant. And I said, really? Connie, maybe we are poor, you know? <laughs> But with all that, we raised four children. We paid tuition for 30 years, 18 of those college years. And I look at that, I look back at that, and and let me tell you this, because Connie's mortified at this moment. We're... I'm not telling you this to brag or to pat us on the back because it's just the opposite. See, we're not financial wizards. Anyone on our boards will tell you that. That's not my area of giftedness. Don't worry about the church. There are people who really understand it. But that's not my area. And so... When we, when we look at that, the numbers don't add up. And so, we're not patting ourselves on the back. All we can do is say, Oh God, You have given us our daily bread. And I look back at the signposts of all the time He's given us our daily bread. And so I have no reason to think otherwise that in the future, He will continue to give us our daily bread. Do you worry about your retirement? Third diagnostic question, whether you utterly depend on God for daily bread. Other than on Sundays, when we use the Lord's Prayer, how often do you ask Him for your daily bread? By the way, a a little side trail on just that phrase, give us today. It's plural, isn't it? So when you pray that, you're praying that also for one another and for other believers. All us, we, your children, give us today your daily bread. I want to go back to what Martin Luther said about bread being everything necessary to live. And I want you to think about the last song we just sang. All I have is Christ. Jesus is my life. Listen to Jesus. He had just fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. Remember when Frank Barker was here, he said, 
two fish burgers and an extra bun. And he fed 5,000 people with that. They had all they needed. On the heels of that, he went away. People followed him. He basically said, uh, you're not looking for signs. Uh, you're here because you ate your fill of loaves. <laughs> I filled your belly. That's why you're here. And then Jesus said, do not work for the food that perishes. See, here, here's what I want to caution us. Don't limit this daily bread to just the physical. So Jesus goes back and forth, and the people said, what work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, they remembered that. He gave them bread for heaven, from heaven to eat, and Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. See, it was easy for them even. They remembered the manna. They're thinking Moses. And he says, no, no. He, he gave you this. But it's a, it's a true bread. And he said this. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I'll never cast out. Don't ever think your greatest need, your ultimate need, is physical. Those are very real. But if you talk to those in the persecuted church, some of whom have nothing except the bread of life, And they understand what it means. All I have is Christ. Jesus is my life. If Jesus is our bread, then we've got to go to him every day. So here's my challenge. Some of you have quit praying. Some of you haven't started praying. And some of you don't pray every day. You all have your own reasons for that. I want to encourage you, starting today, to pray this pattern prayer every single day. Now that's not enough, but it's a place to start. 
and think about those words. Don't pray it like some kind of an incantation or a magical thing, and now I've done my thing. But I believe if you continue to use the pattern prayer that Jesus gave us, then before long you will, you'll begin expanding it. Our Father, Father, thank You for calling me Your child. For adopting me into Your family. I don't deserve to be here. Thank You that You're reigning in heaven even as we speak. I think you will see that prayer expanding and you will be doing it Jesus' way. Begin with this prayer and go to the one that will never cast you out and you will be blessed.